And welcome back to the Frames Like Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Archie, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And today we're going to be talking about uh, Baby Driver. Hey, hey. I forgot the name for like a split second. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Baby Driver, the New Yorker Wright movie. And uh, we watched it yesterday. We were able to catch an early screening. Oh, actually, I, I was hoping it was early screening, but it is not. It is not? It came out on Wednesday. Like a worldwide Wednesday. Really? Doesn't yes. that usually come out on Thursday? Thursdays, yes. It was a worldwide release everywhere. Edgar, what are you fucking doing to me, Edgar? It, it was for the uh, the 4th of July release. They wanted to pad the weekend stats with this week going into next week. Okay. Yeah. I was, I know, I know. I was hyped up for that, too. Edgar, you can go <laughs> fuck yourself about that one, eh? You know, right? I know yeah. it's not your fault. It's your distribution company, but go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, fucking catch up. What have we been up to? Um, besides seeing the movie, oh, we got a, a flat tire on the way home last night. Yes, we did. Super Which I found tire. to be ironic, considering that we just walked out of a movie about a guy that can drive cars through fucking 7 a.m. traffic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, fucking flat tire, that was fun. Good time. Yeah, yeah. Like 11 o'clock at night on the way home, just yeah. like, whatever. I'm glad I was there to, uh, hold your flashlight and not do any of the lifting. <laughs> no, that actually did help, though. It actually did help. <laughs> now, now what, what I wanted to get back to now, before we got the flat tire, like right in the middle of a conversation. Yes. The conversation was about Marvel movies. Yes. And yes, the, you're correct. The conversation got completely sidetracked because we of had the a flat tire. tire. Yes, to I, the point where I forgot that I was meant to be doing a list oh, about Marvel you? movies. Were you? I was, yeah, I said, I'm going to do a list. I'm going to write down which ones I like, which ones I don't like, so we can quantify. Mm. The percentage of movies that I think are fucking trash. Well, well, look what we have here. I actually made that list. Oh, you fucking... Oh, all right. All <laughs> I right made now. the list. I split it up into phase one, two, and three of only the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. So only the ones we were talking about last night. Deadpool isn't counted in this and right. all this other stuff. All right. So from the beginning to the end, good or trash. Yes. Only thumbs up, thumbs down. No in between. No in between. Right. Cool. Uh, the first Iron Man. Good. Uh, the first Incredible Hulk. Uh, is, is that with um, Mark Ruffalo? Mark Ruffalo, he had a standalone Incredible Hulk. First one, the very very first one. No, 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 no. no, no I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's not Mark Ruffalo. That's um. Uh, that's not Edward, no, no, Ed, Edward, Norton. Ed Norton. Ed Norton. Yeah, that was good. Uh, that's not in the cinematic universe, though. So. It's counted. They counted it in there. Really? And under MCU, looked it up. Yeah. Oh, fuck me. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah, I like that one. All right. Uh, the next one is Iron Man Two. Uh, nah. No. All right. The next one is Thor. Nah. No. The next one is Captain America. Nah. The first Captain America? Nah. The first Captain America. The first Captain, they don't like it. I think we could just go ahead and stop then. <laughs> <laughs> we could just go ahead and stop. Because, I mean, it's just, it's like bias. It's just yeah. like, that no, is no, no, a, no. That's widely regarded as a very good movie. Well, it, half the movie was him being a fucking showboy, showgirl. A showgirl? Yeah. He was just like, like singing around and waving American flags. I just didn't think mm. it was compelling. I like Captain right. America 2 a lot better. If Captain America 2, yes. Captain America Winter 1, Soldier? no. Yes. All right, all right, all right. All right, so um, let's see. So we're back at two, two good and two bad. Yeah. Uh, so Cap- Captain America first, Captain America first Avenger, you're saying no. No. Uh, Marvel, the Avengers. Marvel, the, yes. Three and three. All right, so those are all the movies from the first phase, mm-hmm. six movies. All right, so we're three and three. Phase two, Iron Man 3. Uh, no. So no. Uh, then Thor, Dark World. No. We got five no's. Then Captain America Winter Soldier. Yes. We have four yeses. Then Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. We have five yeses and five no's. Okay. Uh, then uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. Nah. That is six for no. Then Ant-Man. Uh, that's all on the line. I know. There's going to be another one on the line for you later. Yeah. I'm going to say no. Seven for no. Yeah. Uh, the next is Captain America Civil War. Nah. 
made for now. Uh, the next is Doctor Strange. Yes. Oh, that, that was, other, that was uh, the, the line. Yeah. That I, was, all right, I like that one. That one was good. That's a six. Six for yes, eight for no. Uh, the next is Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, the, two? the latest one, two. No. no. Uh, that's nine for no. Spider-Man Homecoming is the newest one that's coming up. One. So we were... Eight for yes, nine for no. Okay, so it's about ninety. It's about fifty-fifty. That's what I was saying yeah. last night. <laughs> but it's, it's it's. I'm gonna say it's sixty-forty. I like. But we just did the. I don't give a shit. What? <laughs> <laughs> we just did. It's the about facts. half and half. Yeah, just, you're right. Yeah. I like about half of the movies yeah. that they released. Yeah. Um. I don't like. I'm hoping that anything like after Spider-Man: Homecoming mm. starts picking up. But like as it stands, I just don't give a shit. Have you seen the reviews for this? Uh, the early reviews for Spider-Man: Homecoming. I've seen two headlines, and they're very good. Yes. So I'm excited. I, I've seen very good headlines. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. No, so am I. I'm just, I'm just hoping that it, uh, it sort of pulls the cinematic universe up, uh, a, up a bar of yeah, standard. I agree with that. Yeah. Just because yeah. like the last couple of movies have just been. Uh, mm, uh, I can't like, say Tina that. Grant. Because the Guardians of the Galaxy 2, like, I was, eh. Doctor Strange, I was all right. Yeah. You know? Uh, anyway. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Glow. We, we both got to see Glow. Uh, oh, fuck yeah. I'm still not done with the show. Yeah. I'm, like, five episodes in. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the best TV shows that I've seen, mm -hmm. hands down, in, the, really night, in the last couple of years. It is really I'm good. Not, I'm not a TV guy, yeah. so the chances that I get excited for a TV show... Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it it's just slim and glow is definitely like a show that i'm excited for yeah and like i just fucking love mark maron's character in it i love allison brie mm. the supporting cast is amazing yes the editing is brilliant yes it is and it's just it's just fucking good yeah plus it has one of my it has one it's just something about mark maron saying lines like i don't know what that means <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. it's such a simple sentence but yeah. i will always love it he has one of my favorite lines. It's like, babies are boring. Yeah. They haven't traveled, they haven't partied, and they have no sense of irony. Nope. Like, you feel like that's a thought that one should explain. When he says it, that's it. That's when you that's stop. It. Yeah. You get it. I fucking love Mark Maron. Yeah. I think it's a good show. Yes, it's a really good show. This may be the uh, the best show of 2017, the best new show of 2017. Uh, like I said, that doesn't say a whole lot because we're in, are we in July yet? Yeah, we're Still in July. June? We're like, well, by the June. time this comes out. Yeah, we'll be July. Yeah. Yeah, we're in July now, so we're like halfway through the year. So we still got another half of television, yeah. but a phenomenal, phenomenal show. I, I don't know if this show can make it past three seasons yet. The way that, that I'm looking at it now, but get on the bus. Watch yeah, this yeah, absolutely. Season. Watch it. It's very, very. It might be one of those shows that knows very much when it's going to end, and they're not going to drag it. I hope. Opposed, so like maybe three seasons is the. You you would think that, but end. it's just like with television shows, it's just like when you're just like, hey, we can give you this bag of money, or you can just stop doing the show for uh, your. Uh, Artistic integrity. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be like, give me the bag. <laughs> this is what happens. Yeah, 90% of the time, people just go like, I'll take that bag. Yes. Please. Yeah. I'll, I'll drink my dignity later with yeah. the money from that bag. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, the other thing I watched was I'm Dying Up Here. It's a show uh, produced by Jim Carrey. I'm Dying Up Here? Mm. Okay, It's cool. uh, about stand-up comedians. It's, um, they're getting up on stage for the first time and just like what you're experiencing with the crowd just staring you down and just wanting to die on, on the stage, but just continuing to get back up and do it over and over and over again. Cool. But it's uh, produced by by, uh, by Jim Carrey. It's on Showtime. You can download it on some turn, I guess. But, Sweet. Uh, that's there. It's really good. I, I didn't even hear about that. Uh, Jim Carrey. I fucking miss Jim Carrey. Did, did you? Did you not? Because I announced it on this show. Well, I didn't hear <laughs> anything. Of, get, get off my dick. Yeah, what like, is this? Like, you're supposed to remember everything yeah. I say. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much shit I talk on this microphone? <laughs> get off my dick. Uh, 
I miss Jim Carrey. Yeah, he's I haven't been... seen a movie in him since Kick-Ass 2, I think, was the last movie I saw from him. Probably so, yeah. Yeah, I, I miss that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's really dope. Anyway, do you know what I've been doing? What have you been doing? Fuck all. <laughs> okay. I've been doing fuck all. What, I've been playing like Persona. Yeah. Persona 5. Mm-hmm. I'm like ha- literally at the halfway point of the game. Yeah. And I've got about 70 hours put in the fucking game. Sheesh. Uh, game was fucking long mm-hmm. and it's amazing yep. and it's it made me cry the other day. Fucking Futaba, mm-hmm. her storyline just like oh my god, it's fucking great. Hell yeah! And I I love that game. I've also been playing a lot of Counter Strike mm. again. I think I'm gonna get back into like streaming on Twitch and shit. Okay. Uh, for Counter Strike, I think it, it's such a fun game. Yeah. Uh, it's like, do you ever play Call of Duty? Uh, yes, I did. You ever play uh, Search and Destroy? Yep. And Call of Duty? it's yep. like that. Okay. But like five times more intense. Mm. Uh, it's just like it does this thing where you go quiet while you're playing and you're like clack 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 and then someone kills you and you're like fuck really loudly. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've been doing a lot of that the last few days. Yeah, I feel like there's like um, there's a nerd community for gaming and but it's like split in half, maybe even in thirds or, or fourths. Uh, I'd say we're in sixteens at this point. Okay, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like yeah, so it's so split up because uh, we were doing uh, the Empire Geeks back yeah. and there was a while where y'all were talking about video games and I'm like I game all the goddamn time. I have fuck? no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> I've never played Final Fantasy, any of those things, and y'all were like so passionate about it. And I was like, I, I played 2K like yesterday. I whooped everybody's ass. Come at me, <laughs> you know. But it's just like two completely separate, different worlds. Yeah, we. Uh, I'm on the I'm on the Japanese side of gaming a lot. I yeah. love JRPGs and mm. like story driven games and, yeah. and all that shit. I like swords and big fuck you magic spells. That's what I enjoy in gaming. I, I like um, competition and destruction. Oh, there you go. You would probably enjoy uh, Titanfall. Nice. Uh, yeah, I heard about the Titanfall. Yeah, yeah. you probably enjoy that. I have the first one if you want to borrow it. That's a good game. The uh, the other thing is like uh, the time consumption because oh, yeah. like I, I can't. My ego is I, I I can't get on a game and hear like a nine year old or what sounds like a nine year old just berating me as he whoops my ass and I can't do anything about it. Yep. Like I can't. I can't do can't handle that. it. No. You know. You know how do you get past that? What? Just just unplug the headset. No. Everybody. In the I'm not. That's. It feels like. It feels like I'm running away from it. So it's like. <laughs> you know. So I'm like. No. It's like. What I need to do is sit here for the next two weeks straight. Bring all of my food in front of this television. All of my water and don't move until I'm able to beat this nine-year-old and show him what's what. <laughs> but it's just like the adult side of my mind is. Why do I give a fuck about this nine-year-old? Yeah. I'm gonna dedicate two weeks of my life to show this nine-year-old something that I used to be good at. Video games, and he should take me seriously. Like that's what I need. That's what I want to do. I'm like uh, that, that pride, that fucking yeah. It's like, Fuck you, nine year old. Yeah. You and, only get good because you don't have responsibilities. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yes, you're sitting at home every day after school for eight hours playing the video game eight hours straight, and coming home and rinse and repeat. I don't get to do that, but I will do it if you want to come fucking try. I me. will make time out of my schedule. <laughs> So I can get your little like jerk off hands out of that controller, yeah. fucking kid. So it's like that's that's what stopped yeah. me from like Titanfall and Halo and Call of Duty recently in the past like no, years. Yeah. At least if it makes you feel better, Counter Strike's a bunch of twenty three year olds doing the exact same thing. Okay. It's just like so like all the com- you hear in the community and all you hear is like, fuck me, yeah, <laughs> just a bunch of sad people playing com- fucking Steam. Anyway, uh, apart from that. Is that an airplane? No, that was my stomach growling. Oh, what the fuck? I know. It was like the third or fourth time. Like, I'm, I'm pretty hungry. I'm pretty hungry, too. This is okay. what, what happened. Um, so last night after we got back from, from the movie, yeah. I decided that I was like, all right, I'm going to have myself a beer. Yeah. Or, or, or a few. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, so, so I did that, went to, uh, went to cookout, and, and got 
you know, the, the hate yourself meal. Right, yeah. <laughs> Got the big one. fuck you burger with like the, the fucking honey bacon wrap, whatever the Yep, fuck. yep. And some Vietnam uh, chili cheese fries, double yeah. order of that. Then you got to get another side of, uh, of, of a chicken nuggets. Because, yeah. I mean, you eat the burger, you're going to eat the fries. But then what do you eat after the burger and the fries? You eat gone? the chicken nuggets. You got to eat the chicken nuggets. And then nuggets. you're going to wash it all down with, with a tasty milkshake. milkshake. Yes, yeah. exactly. So the tasty, like, peach cobbler, <laughs> like, cherry cobbler milkshake. Like an Oreo. I got Oreo. Oh, even better. Yeah, Oreo. It's like the hate factor just went up a half, point and a half. Got a full hate yourself meal. And as I was eating it, I was like, well, before I get like way too drunk and I still have the movie on my mind right now, let me go ahead and write all of my thoughts about this Edgar Wright movie yeah. down right now. So I started to do that and pass out at some point. Like, I don't remember or whatever. So, um, so I get up this morning to, to come do the podcast and I'm like, where the fuck are my keys at? <laughs> Where are my keys? I'm like, my girlfriend must have took my keys. She has them inside of her car. Maybe she's pissed off because of that flat tire right. last night. So she decided to take my key. You know my mind is crazy. Yeah, That's not you are insane. <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense. None. I thought you meant that she took them by mistake because you left them in the car. No, out of spite. <laughs> where my brain went to. I was like, yeah, I drove her car and I got a flat tire. Came home. So she decided she would take my keys. So now I'll be without transportation because... I'm crazy. Yeah, you are insane. <laughs> and and what and I hit Brian up. I was like, "Well, she apparently took my keys, and now I don't. I need you to come pick me up." Yada yada. So like, I'm I'm looking everywhere, trying to retrace my steps from last night. Yeah. Then I remember I was like, "Oh, the Edgar Wright thing that I was writing down." Went to the computer, and my my hard drive, thumb drive is connected to my keys, you. and the right fucking there. Fucking sitting right there. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> sitting right See, there. I was I was fine with knowing that you misplaced your keys. Yep. I'm less fine with knowing nope. Nope. that you misplaced them after you put them inside of the fucking computer. In the computer. They're just hanging in the room. <laughs> just hanging there. God just damn it. Right I there. drove halfway to your place. Yeah. And you called me. I found them. Yeah. Gotta turn back, sit here for another 15 minutes while you got here. Because your fucking keys were inside your computer. <laughs> they were right there. You they were right idiot. there. Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have deserved and earned that sentiment. <laughs> Deserved and earned that sentence. Yes. <laughs> Man, that's um that that was that was our night. I mean we we podcasted recently like Well we week. did last Sunday because yeah. we were in the Empire Geeks back. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like yeah. It, it feels like we've podcasted like three times in a row. Yeah. Uh, which is good, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And we've been doing a lot of work, man. Yeah. I love this fucking thing. Episode seventy five, by the way. This is seventy five. Seventy five. Yeah. Oh. By oh. the time we hit we hit episode of hundred in like what, twenty five weeks? Somewhere right It's here. like half a year, dude. Yeah. By the time this year is over, we're going to hit 100 episodes. Yep. So uh, thank you guys. So, like, holy fuck. Yeah. It's, it's great to look at our stats and knowing that we keep, like, steadily yep. getting a few numbers every time. Definitely. And it, it feels good. So thank you guys for that. Really appreciate it. Uh, that being said, I got nothing else to do because I've just been sitting around playing Persona and jerking off. Mm -hmm. So we're going to cut to our body and talk about Baby Driver uh, right now. Okay. That's what I, that, that's my favorite thing about cookout. You can go to cookout after you've been drinking mm. and you find someone that loves you enough to drive you to cookout. Y yeah, or or you drive yourself to cookout. That can happen. If you're not well. drunk enough. Yes. And and then uh, you just fucking shove your face full mm. of garbage. Yes. And you feel great while doing it. There's yeah. nothing that can stop you. No. And the next morning you wake up and you go like, what the fuck God. am I? Yeah. 
Anyway, yeah. welcome back uh, to the For Film Sake podcast. Um, we're going to talk Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Chris, give us a rundown. Baby Driver. It's a rated R movie. came out in 2017. It's a crime film slash thriller. One hour and 53 minute runtime and listed as a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, shit. The rundown is, do you remember when it was 100%? Yeah. I got a whole thing to say after the end of this about yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. Um, the, uh, the, the rundown is talented getaway driver baby relies on the beat of his personal soundtrack to be the best in the game. After meeting the woman of his dreams, he sees a chance to ditch his shady lifestyle and make a clean break course into a work course into working for a crime boss, Kevin Spacey, uh, baby must face the music as a doomed heist threatens his life, love and freedom written and directed by Edgar Wright. Uh, let's Did see. Did you mean coerced into working with Kevin Spacey? Course into working for a crown boss, Whatever. Kevin Spacey. Yeah, you're right. I don't care enough. What? <laughs> I don't know if it's wrong enough. It just sounded wrong in my head. Course in working for a crown boss, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Go ahead. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I don't um, know what. <laughs> let me see the fucking thing. <laughs> what? Course in working for a crown boss, Kevin Spacey. Coerced. Yes. That's how it's pronounced. You say coerced, like coerced oh, like rapper. oh, you heard like C O U or like a like a, a field no, no, course? you're pronouncing it wrong. It's not coerced. coerced. It's coerced. 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 You with the H. No, coerced. Coerced into... Fuck it. Nope, nope. I want to get into this. Because uh, all right, cause, cause one thing could be like um, like a texture can be coarse. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Not an- C-O-A-R-S-E. Yes. And then another thing, like you can take a school course, like C-O-U-R-S-E. And then another thing could be cohorse, like a hard H, which is you're being made to do something. But that's C-L-H-O. This is C-O-E-R-S. Like, this is coerced. 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 Yeah, it's co. co- What's coerced. the difference between this one and the one with the H? Like cohort, uh, you know, it's like when you're being manipulated and made to do something. Coerced, uh, I think it means I don't know the exact definition on the top of my head, but it, it, coerced is being manipulated into doing something. Yeah, I think it might be synonyms, but coerced is like being forced to do something. Yeah, not manipulated, just outright forced to do something. Well, we'll get to this at the at the bottom yeah, of the show. We'll, we'll do it. We'll we're, do we're it. learning something, and and yeah. by damn you, I bet you just learned something too. Yeah, goddamn right. <laughs> But anyway, the um, is written and directed by Edgar Wright. Uh, Ansel Egort uh, plays Baby. John Bernthal, I guess his name is pronounced, is, uh, plays Griff. Mm. John Hamm plays Buddy. Uh, Isa, how do you pronounce her name? Isa Gonzalez. Aza Gonzalez. Uh, maybe let me see. Was that Aza? Uh, Aza Gonzalez. Yeah. Yep. She plays Darling. Yeah. And uh, Aza Gonzalez plays Darling. Jamie Fox plays Bats, and Kevin Spacey plays Doc. Goddamn right. That uh, is a great cast. Just yes. in general, I don't know who I didn't, I didn't know who Darling was, Asa Gonzalez. I didn't no. know who she was. No, I didn't. Uh, is Baby uh, uh, what the fuck's his name? Angel something. A- Ansel Elgort. Ansel Elgort. He, he was in the uh, the movie The Fault in Our Stars. Oh really? Yeah. Oh fuck, that's him. Yeah. Huh. He's a, he's cool. He's really great. He's nice. I, yeah. I like him. This 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 is gonna put him on the map for sure. Definitely so. Um and th- this movie's fucking all right. Listen, mm-hmm. I've been on Edgar Wright's dick mm-hmm. for like. Two years now, maybe more. Oh, yeah. uh, ever since I watched Shaun of the Dead, mm. and and I just fucking love that man. He's a great filmmaker, and in my eyes, there's very little he can do to make a bad movie mm. in terms of like pure skill and attention to detail that he does. Okay, this movie is no fucking exception. Mm. This movie is gorgeously filmed, masterfully edited, and the soundtrack is just amazing. And mm. it all feels like one cohesive piece. Definitely, there's no movie and soundtrack. It's uh, or there's a movie or soundtrack. It's mm-hmm. movie and soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It's visuals and audio. It's yep. it's it's fucking funny lines and great physical comedy. It's 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 an Edgar Wright movie yeah. at its core, and I fucking love it. And this is 
the the first thing I want to say is like the opening of this movie. Mm-hmm. First of all, spoilers, I guess. Um, right. I guess it's valid because it's, the movie just came out. Yeah, so yeah, spoilers. Okay, definitely. Um, but uh, the opening of the movie is like that's how you open a fucking movie. Mm-hmm. You know, you give us what the character's about, what he needs, and then you just give us like crazy, like sexy visuals, mm-hmm. and and that's how you open a fucking action movie. Yes. And I like the I, I love this movie. I, I really did like it. I liked it. I yeah. definitely liked it. The um I, the first thing that I wanted to look at was who's the editor for this movie? Like who is your <laughs> your right. main guy editor? Uh, his name is Paul M A C H L I S S. Paul Machlis. Paul Machlis. Has Maclis? he edited the other movies too? Uh, he he edited for the show, the television show that he did called Peep Show. Oh. Um, it was from like early early 2000s love that show um, but then he didn't edit for him again until Scott Pilgrim versus the world that makes sense and then he edited for him for the third time in this movie nice and um, I was just listening to what he had to say or reading what he had to say about the movie he said um, we took the table read the songs and the sound effects and added extra sound effects and put it together effectively a 100 minute radio play that was the film without pictures we could give that to the potential producers and the other executives and say here's the film you can hear it now we just have to put pictures on top of it. That's brilliant. That's a brilliant yeah. way. So it's like they the, the whole soundtrack was there, 100 minutes of a soundtrack, and then it's like we just have to put the pictures on top of that. But what is um, what hurt me was the attention to detail with as far as storytelling and yeah. the script. Here's here's the thing, because I think I agree with you, but I, don't I think have you know what I'm going to say yet. N- well. You're right, but based on what we said yesterday, because we had a brief conversation, that's not, not it. All I'm right. going to give that to you. I'm going to say if if this is satire, then mm-hmm. I can't really. Right. You know, I, that's not. Those aren't going to be my points. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Go All right. Ahead. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. <laughs> so um, the, my my points with this movie is the uh, our script issues. Mm-hmm. All right. So the the first thing that we get into is uh, we see uh, that baby has a nemesis, or that people don't necessarily like him. Yeah. You know, for no fault of his own. Um, we we meet a guy named Griff. And Griff, uh, played by uh, Shane from Walking Dead, if mm-hmm. anybody remembers him, or um, what's the thing that he's on? He's Punisher. Punisher. Yeah. yeah, and Punisher, you'll know him. So immediately, we got Baby just sitting there with his sunglasses on and his uh, earbuds in by himself, and Griff goes up to him just like being a dick immediately. I'm just like, what's this guy Griff's problem? You know, it's right. like, well, we need to know that people don't like him. You just we need, I'm like, but just out of nowhere from nothing, I'm like, all right, I'll let that pass, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But it just seemed a little odd, you know, that it's just like, why? Just to give him like a, a nemesis or something to counter him, you know, but anyway, he just goes on him immediately. Uh, the next thing I want to know is, what is Baby's backstory? Like, why is it that he can drive better than any stunt driver that I've seen in any movie? Okay. You, you know, it's like we don't have any information of to why, like, I, you can assume that maybe after the car crash with his mother that... Uh, he dr- we know about the music, but we don't have any history of him doing I think, well, anything, any driving at all. There's there's a scene when Kevin Spacey, when like I think Bats is like like fucking antagonizing him about having baby. Mm-hmm. He gives a whole rundown of like what everything happens, mm-hmm. and I said this kid's been boosting cars since he was old enough to like see over the seat. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that's something to do with the accident. I guess like control the road, the thing that killed his mom, control mm-hmm. the road. I feel I feel like that doesn't matter though. And uh, as as a character. Mm. We don't have to know why Baby's a good driver, just that he's a good driver. I don't think it matters in this story. If it was a more in-depth story, I would have been, okay, it matters. Yeah. But I really don't think it matters for the sake of this particular story. I mean, if, if, we're, if I, if I want to look at the story, I'll have to break it down another level then. Yeah. It's just, uh, okay, this story is not supposed to have depth. You know, then I have to look at it 
a little different. Well, here's if I, you know, if you're saying that it doesn't matter and that death doesn't matter so much for this movie, then it's like I have to like look at it as just like popcorn movie. Well, I think it is meant to be a popcorn movie. It's just meant to be a good, fantastic, edit, fantastically edited popcorn movie. Mm. I don't think it's meant to be. I, uh, first of all, I, I I have said before that I think the intention of this movie is to satirize mm -hmm. what we know as a summer blockbuster movie. Yes, I think that's the actual intention of the movie. Mm -hmm. By doing so, I think that having like we don't need to know a lot of information about the main character. Mm. Um, just in the same way that we don't need to know a lot about Ryan Gosling and Drive, mm. uh, we don't need to know anything about um, Baby. No, we, we know Baby why. Brother. We know why he can drive though. Why I don't remember. He's a, he's a stunt driver. He been, he been driving for movies for a number of years. I mean, yeah, and Baby has been lifting, boosting seat, boosting cars. That, that since doesn't he was mean that you can drive thing. better than stunt drivers. Like you, I can, mean, you can steal a car. Like when when they talked about him boosting cars, mm -hmm. and then there was a scene where he picked up a uh, a screwdriver. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that matches. You just talked about him stealing cars. So when he picks up that screwdriver, I immediately know the next scene is going to be him expertly breaking into a car because yeah. he knows how to do that. But just where's the connection of doing the like the opening scene? He's drive. This is one of the best chase stunt scenes Very that I've seen in the movie how how can you do this you know it's just like it's, I mean fine, like, it's fine if I don't have to know yeah. but it's just like then I have to just it's not like a full uh, fleshed out movie for me then it's just like a popcorn don't think about this movie I think it's movie. meant to be that I think that's the intent uh, uh, don't think about he's better than that he's a lot he's, smarter than that because he if, is if, a lot smarter than that but if, if, then what's the point of the graffiti on the uh on the on the uh on the trees it's yeah. like those are pay attention to this movie look i know what i'm doing it's like those things are like you're not the average the average watcher like jonathan didn't even notice some of those things earlier on yeah. so like and he's a film uh, he's, he graduated from film school right so just like an average joe isn't going to notice a lot of those techniques i think his filmmaking has depth Mm -hmm. But I don't necessarily think that this story was meant to be deeper than it actually was. Mm. Like I feel like if we had gotten st like story from from Baby, mm. it, it would have it would have just taken us out of whatever story there was at the moment. Like it would have added to to Baby as a character. Yeah. But I didn't feel like I needed to know anything from Baby. All right. I feel like Baby just could have just worked as like. I'm just a good sun driver. I've been stealing cars since I was 15 mm. and driving away from the police. Yeah. I did the spirit of 85 thing. Yep. So I feel like the information that they gave us about Baby was enough for us to know, like, all right, he's good at driving. He's been stealing cars since he was a kid. He was in a car accident. Mm. You can extrapolate information from that. It might not be enough, but you can extrapolate information. And boom, that's it. That's all it, that's all it needed for me. All baby right. Because he, he has, what, how old do you think this guy is? Like 18? No, I'm going to say like early 20s, 22. Yeah. Okay. I can see around, okay, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, a young, young guy, but all right, more points, and I'll get back to that as we yeah. uh, continue to go, and like I said, is this, is this satire, like I'll, for the benefit of the doubt, I'll, I'll, I'll say that this is satire, and the, um, there, there are a lot of nosy people in this movie, yeah, there's a, uh, there's a guy where they're, they're robbing a bank, and they're, they're doing a heist, and they're, they're, on, they're in a getaway in an Escalade, and then some, uh, there's a black guy inside of a truck. He sees them, and he was like, oh, you're not going to get away from this. I'm a, good, <laughs> I'm a good Samaritan. You know, and then he, he, he smashes the truck, and they're like, what the hell? So they pull out a gun and start shooting at the truck, and then the black guy goes to his truck and pulls out a gun. And it's, it's like, a I'm not... machine gun. No, 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 no. He pulls, no he, he pulls out a handgun first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, okay, he, okay. he pulls out a handgun. And I'm like, okay, there's nothing too wild about that. It's yeah, a, you know, a it's guy. A there's a handgun. It's inside your car. Like, fine. All right. I mean, you ram the car the first time. You happen to have a gun 
that you didn't pull out until someone was shooting at you. So I'm like, all right, this is all pretty normal, I right. guess. It's a little extended past normal, but all right. You know, but then they um, they kind of make a getaway. They go down this fucking hill, you know, and then the guy is just following him still. The guy's following him, and Jamie Foxx's character was like, what the fuck is up with this guy? So then he pulls out a shotgun, and he was like, he starts shooting at the guy. The guy pulls out like a semi-automatic fucking assault <laughs> rifle. And, it's a submachine gun. Yeah, like a submachine, yes. You know, out of his fucking truck. I'm like, what in the name of hell? Where did you get this from? So then they're firing back and forth at each other until, you know, ultimately the guy dies. Yeah. When he's supposed to. But I was like, all right, if this is sad, like, like that's why I'm like giving it to you for maybe this is satire because it it's just so over the top. I am very much convinced mm -hmm. that in the same way that Shauna the Dead made fun yeah. of zombie movies, mm -hmm. uh, The World's End made fun mm -hmm. of like road trip, like bar trip movies. Yep. And what was the second? And then Hot Fuzz made Hot fun Fuzz. of like body cup movies. Mm -hmm. I am very much convinced that this is in the same line of those movies making mm -hmm. fun of a genre, which is a summer that. blockbuster movie. I can see that. Like those, the, the satires, like that argument is something I'll have to give. I'm not totally convinced, yeah. but that's a argument that I will give over, you know. Cool. But the uh, the next thing is, let's see, uh, why is the post office lady so suspicious of baby? When uh, when he goes in to buy a uh, he goes in to buy post office money orders with mm -hmm. the uh, with the little eight year old nephew who was my favorite character in the movie I wish I would have got to see a lot more of him he was really funny he was fucking awesome and it was like he he I did he was some, somewhat of a parallel to Baby you know he was wearing yeah. the the earbuds the whole time he was able to to count everything inside of the entire room within like fifteen seconds and mm -hmm. give the information to Baby well, we only seen him on camera for like forty five seconds yeah. but he was awesome but but why is the post office lady so suspicious of Baby I don't think she was suspicious of him when he walked in the post office. Hmm. I think she Why is she suspicious the second time he sees him? Like, the first time she's seen him, it was a normal thing. You're there with your, your nephew or whatever. Right. You buy some, some postage stamps and you leave. So then you see another person that you've seen the day before. Why are I you suspicious I think of that him? you missed a moment where... Because um, she looked, she looks at him and she's just like waving hi as she yeah. goes into the and thing. And then he kind of looks like... Mm. Baby shakes his head no. Yes. And he's just like, don't go in. Mm. He's telling her not to go in. And he looks over at the post office entrance, mm -hmm. looks back at her, and shakes his head aggressively, no, yeah. telling her not to go in. Yeah. And then she, she gets freaked out by it because he knows something is not right. Yeah. Because there's a kid in a car telling this woman to She's not. She's shaking her head, no. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like the, the, that's a common gesture. I, I, I've seen that happen before. Mm -hmm. And it's just like... Yeah, just this is dangerous. Like his body language was saying, this is dangerous. Don't go in the yeah. shop right now. Like it's it's, it's a uh, so it's not a. Uh, she wasn't suspicious of him. She was recognizing that this is a good person, a person that I saw yeah. yesterday, and he's trying to keep me away from danger. Right. It wasn't a. I'm suspicious of you. What are you doing here? She wasn't suspicious of him. As no. soon as baby told him. Don't go in. She mm. was just like, something must be wrong. Yeah, she's like, the baby is a good person. I met yeah. him yesterday. This is a good person telling me to beware. Right. All right. Yeah. So that solves that. Uh, Buddy seeks revenge, but has to drag it out in in, in order to fail. This is yeah. this is another thing that um, it's like. Well, I have to give it up to. I hope this is satire. Yeah. Because it's like I'm, I'm watching I'm watching this and, and um, Don Don Draper not Don Draper fucking John Hamm. <laughs> His hair character. Listen, buddy. You said that in Twitter. You referred to John Hamm as Don Draper. I did not. Yeah, I said I Don so. Draper get all the S. I'm oh, you're talking about the I'm, actual I'm watching Mad Men right now. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but yeah, um, John Hamm. Yeah. Um, I, what was I talking about, John Hamm? John Hamm uh, John, seeks revenge. Yeah, John Hamm was uh, was seeking revenge, and that was a part of the movie. I, I think you. Um, I think you were, were and while we were watching the movie, were you putting yourself into Baby's character as if like this is the character that I'm living through? No. All right. No. Because as as it was happening, um, 
Jamie Foxx is in the front seat, and, he, and, they're, and they're in the middle of a heist. Mm-hmm. Like, there's four equal people. There are four people inside the car. They all have one job. Rob this bank and then get back. Mm-hmm. And Baby screws up the job. Like, yeah. he fucks the job. You know, it's like, they, that's the only job. Like, they, they, none of them like each other. No. Baby doesn't like, doesn't like, like, none of them equally don't like each other. Like, they might like Baby a little bit, yeah. but there's no friendship here. Right. You know, it's just you're coming together for a job. Baby understands this, and he fucks the job. You know, instead of, like, just leaving like he was supposed mm-hmm. to, he crashes a car into the back of a truck and kills one of their... Kill um, Bats. They kill Pats, yeah. one, of, one of their partners. So then the people in the back seat, they don't care about Bats. No. Baby Driver doesn't care about Bats. Nobody cares that Bats is dead. Like, that's not... The, the job is now fucked. The, exactly. The job is now fucked and you fucked us. Right. You know, so at that point, I'm like, all right, they should be going full steam to kill this motherfucker immediately, right now. But that, then that should be their their agenda. Right. You know, as far like that's that's what John Hamm and his girlfriend, that's what the first thing should be on their mind is escape and kill this fucker. Right. And, and that's basically what, what, would ha- what was happening. Yeah. And while, while I was watching the movie, I was like, yes, you gotta kill him. He was like, why do you want him to die? That would be I would suck. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's what has to happen. Like what logic logic logically yes yes but like <laughs> it's just like i, I you don't the want it to happen but it's just like that's for for story progression like it has to happen that way yeah yeah no but like there was a point i i said that when they were about to shoot the waitress at towards the end of the movie at, towards yeah. the end of the movie yeah. they're about to shoot baby's love interest yes because john ham was like you killed my girlfriend I'm yes gonna not gonna kill, kill your girlfriend uh, and I was like, no, no, no. Why, why didn't you want that? Because I liked her. I just genuinely liked her. That, that, that would be, that, that's why. I, uh, that's what was another part of the movie that I did not like. Because we were talking about the um, tension. Mm-hmm. You can't build tension and suspense if I already know what's going to happen. Here's here's the thing. You, I agree that you cannot do that, mm. right? Um, but going back to like when baby fucked the job. Mm. Uh, Bats uh, dies, but mm. gets impaled by. That was surprising. Fucking... I didn't expect that to happen w- when it happened. Yeah. I knew. I knew that something. Here's what I, I knew that was going to happen. You know he's going to die. No, yes. I knew that was going to happen the way it happened, because Bullshit. I did. Hold because, on, hold on. you got to explain this. Yeah, so you knew that they were going to get in the car. Yep. He was going to drive the car into the back of that car and yep. impale him with the. Yep. Wh- they, how? <laughs> they show four shots of those metal poles they did. the whole time that Baby's in that car. Mm. They show a shot of Jamie Foxx leaving the car, Baby looking at the poles. Yeah. Then they shot the shot of a Baby looking at the back of the postal office, mm. looking at the woman. Then they show another shot of the poles mm. on the back of the car. They do that four times. That's true. The, the, the poles are in, in this scene four times. Very and true. every time... The focal point of this shot is not the truck, it's the, it's the poles, it's the poles. Metal poles. True. So when uh, fucking Jamie Foxx gets in the car, mm. they show another shot of the poles. Mm. Ba- uh, Bats punches Baby in the face, which, yeah. by the way, is the best punch that I've ever seen. Because, <laughs> like, fucking punches him in the eye, yeah. his lens of the sunglass falls out, and Baby's just looking at him like, you're fucking dead. Yeah. And so, like, after that punch happened, I knew, all right, those poles are going to kill Bats mm. because they've shown them four times. Baby just got punched. A cop guard just died. Mm. We know that Baby has a morality code that he doesn't like to see people die. Yep. And every time that people die, he's very pissed. Yeah. So putting all that together, I knew that Bass was going to die with the pulse. All right. So that wasn't surprising. It was just visually striking. It was. Yeah. So, but like, I, I, I feel like there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of language that's being sort of misread mm. into. Because I, I, I watch a lot of summer blockbusters, like summer action movies mm. like that. So I kind of recognize you're not a, you're not necessarily an action guy. 
Oh, but I have to watch everything, though. Yeah, right. So, like, I've, I've watched a lot of that because those are the movies that my dad loved to watch when mm-hmm. I was a kid. So I recognize that these are tropes that happen a lot in these action movies. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's like if you recognize those things, it's like there are certain filmmakers that hide things from themselves. Right. And I, I say this a number of times. It's like I, I understand this. Mm-hmm. You understand this. When we're watching a movie that those tropes, we understand the tropes. Mm-hmm. I've seen a number of movies to where I know things are going to happen. Right. So it's just even what about the um, – I feel like the majority of people in that theater knew that Baby Driver was going to live, his girlfriend yeah. was going to live, John Hamm was going to die. Like we, it's like we, I knew it too. It's what I'm saying. Like I feel like everyone in that yeah. theater knew that. And the fact that it just all went to plan that way, I was just like, okay, what's the point of this last 45 minutes of this I, movie? I think you like the subversion of the tropes, and I, I think I just like seeing them presented differently. I think what what Baby Driver did, I don't think it was trying to subvert the genre. Mm. I don't think it was trying to, like, it was making fun of the genre. A bit, yeah. By making, like, the when John Hamm's in the car with fire and then he pops out to the side, mm. Kevin Spacey suddenly switching sides to help Baby. Yeah, no, all of, no all of those things. Find that at all. Making, they really make no sense for the movie. Yeah. But when you find, when you look at, like, the tropes of the horror, like, the action movies, it's mm. like someone that you care about shows up with a girl and suddenly you're compelled to help. Yeah. And they have, like, a, like a fucking 15-minute conversation about mm-hmm. it. That happens a lot in action a movies. Lot. Yes. So I feel like Edgar Wright, to do that, it was just like, all right, fuck it. He shows up with the love interest of Kevin Spacey, helps, he mm. dies. Boom. He made fun of that thing. I just think that um, there's he, – and he's not trying to subvert the language. He's mm. trying to point out how absurd it is. And and he did that with, with Shaun of the Dead. No, yeah, I mean no, yeah. that's that's what he's known for. Yeah, right. So like like what I'm getting what I'm getting from you in those points is mm. that there's a lot of misreading of information that was mm. happening when it was in the shot, I think. That's what I'm getting. I think Edgar oh. Wright gives you enough information that you can read it as he's, you know, probably meant to read it. Mm. But he also it also doesn't stand out enough that you could very conceivably well read it as just your standard bland action moment. I mean is, the thing is is I felt that I read it exactly the way that he intended but I the, but the reaction to the uh, with the erection inside the movie theater made me think differently like I said when I was watching it I yeah. thought I was watching satire like yeah. literally and you can vouch for this I was laughing and clapping yeah of the of, no you were not I was uh, laughing. No, no, I'm t- well, at the uh, at the scene where um, I was like, "Get out of the car, John! Get out of the car, John Ham! Like this is bullshit. Why are you letting another car yeah. push you out? Like just get out of the car! Get out of the car!" And then the car falls down, and I was like, "Oh, you know what's gonna happen next, Brian? Yeah. He's gonna get out of the car, be on fire, and then come back and shoot him." And then there you go. Here shows up John Ham, and he's back. Yeah. And I'm like, "This is the most silly, foolish, <laughs> asinine bullshit yeah. I've ever seen." When he popped back on the screen, and I start dying laughing and <laughs> clapping my hands, you know, but how silly this is. Yeah. And no one in the theater, like everybody was still in full tense mode. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a fight to the death. You thought that you killed him, but now he's back. <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's like I thought that it was satire, it is. you know, b- because the way that I was responding to it, but the way that the other 60 people in the theater responded to the movie, yeah. it was as if it was just supposed to be another action movie that isn't satire. You yes. know, it's like, like the other, the million action movies that are just like that. That's what that was for them. It wasn't supposed to be funny. It was supposed to be, you know, oh, oh, this is tense. Yeah, yeah. You know? But it's like, I, I hope, like, maybe, like, I, I believe, I'm like 90-10 that this is supposed to be satire. Yeah. But the, the thing is, I don't think it's conveyed to the layman uh, when they're watching it. Yes. I think, I think you're correct. You know, but I, like, 
to to that point, like, and and there's that scene, John Hamm gets out of the car or whatever, shoots Babe in the face. Mm. Out of that, there's a lot of moments in this movie where I recognize that that is a joke on the genre. Yes. But I didn't laugh. I mm. just kind of like chuckled. Yeah. Uh, just because I just, I mean, that was just a reaction. Yeah. Um, but like, there's a lot of moments where I kind of say, okay, that was a joke to that. That was a joke yeah. to this. That was a joke to that. Yeah. While you're watching the movie. And I think like in the moment where uh, where baby um, kills bats yeah. and like fucks the job up, yeah. and like you wanted them to like immediately start shooting at baby mm. and something, I was just like, no, it would make sense for John Ham and Darlin to like hold off and killing baby until they can get away or they make sure that baby's leaving them behind. You know, for for action movies, yeah, yeah, that's that's what the evil they they have they have to not do it right now. We got to drag it out longer in order to ultimately fail. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so like like. For me, like, uh, all the information made sense, and all mm. the information was presented in a way that I could have been like, that is just someone taking the piss out of an entire genre. I can, I can see that, definitely. Yeah. And so, like, that's why I don't have a problem with Kevin Spacey switching sides randomly. Mm. I don't have a problem with baby killing bats and fucking the job randomly. Mm. I, don't have a baby, I don't have a problem with a darling dying the way that she did, John mm. Hamm seeking revenge the way that he did. I don't have a problem with any of that because I understood, I think, the language that he was making fun of. Yeah, it's it's yeah. but it still it still lacks so much depth that mm-hmm. like I said I have to bring it down to popcorn movie. Don't think about this. Enjoy the movie. No, I'm gonna disagree. Let's go then. Yeah, All I'm right, gonna so disagree. What are we just we went through the part to the beginning about this, and you just told me that this is not a movie that you should be thinking so far into. You don't need that information. This is this. This is not a movie that you should be taking far into in terms of the information. This is a movie That's, that you should be taking. You should be thinking about how the information is presented to you, not the quality of the information or the amount of the information. The quality of the information matters vastly. It it matters. Like, the story was very standard. The story was a very standard plot. Yes. But how that very standard plot is presented to you is what I think Edgar Wright wants you to focus on. Masterful. It was masterfully presented. All of his movies are very simple plots. Yes. Shaun of the Dead, Survive the Zombie Apocalypse. Yes. Uh, Hot Fuzz, two, like, one cop uh, has to learn how to adapt to not be the best cop in the world. Yeah. Uh, the World's End, Bar Trip movie, yeah. and Scott Pringle vs. the World, Find mm. Self-Respect. All of those, like, they're, they're very simple concepts. Yeah. He just presents them to you in a way that makes, that uses the information that you already know what type of movie it is. Yeah. And then uses that to flip it on its head in a way that's pr- it's presented differently so that you have to think about why you enjoy that trope in other mm. movies versus, like, okay, so let me, let me phrase this clearly. All right. So, and I think what Edgar Wright does is he, he uses a bunch of tropes and then he brings them out to the absurd. Mm. And so it's just like, let's just push this up. Let's make those silly. Mm. And then you can, by then, think of all the other movies that use that language, mm. that same language, and then say like, oh, that's stupid. That makes no sense. <laughs> and then you laugh at it. You're in the joke. And then you understand more clearly the language that these movies are made with. I think Edgar no, Wright... I, I, I agree with that. I, yeah. Like that We're saying, kind of saying the same thing, but I'm just pointing out the negative things. Yeah. Because like, it's like saying, um, LeBron James, you can dunk on everybody. Let's pay attention to those dunks. This, he's yeah. dunking better than anybody else. And I'm saying, but can you see his dribbles? Like his dribbles aren't that good. That's not what it's about. This is a slam dunk contest. <laughs> look at him dunk. I'm like, but look at him dribbling up to it. It's like I'm looking at all the other things that aren't necessarily great in the movie. I but agree those with aren't you the things the... that he was focusing on yeah. or trying to get you to pay attention to. 
And I think another part that goes to your point of this is satire, mm-hmm. of the ridiculousness of, of it was the end of the movie. Yeah. The end of the movie, he gets sentenced to 25 years um, with five years of uh, possible parole. Mm-hmm. And after his, his jail time, which we just do a, a speeded up montage, mm-hmm. he gets out of jail looking like the exact same <laughs> age. Yeah. The exact same yep. age. You know, so which is like that, the, the silliness of that lets me, makes me believe that it is a satire. Yeah. Because why else would you have someone go in looking like they're 18 years old and get out looking like they're 18, 18 years, years old? old? You know? No, no, I, I totally get it. I think what I'm saying is that while you're, you're pointing out the negatives, which are definitely right to point out. Mm. But I'm just saying that I don't think that the movie should be reduced to a popcorn flick movie. Mm just because the story doesn't have the depth that it needs, because the depth of the movie comes in another angle, mm. which is the language in which, the cinematic language in which the movie is made with. Mm. That's what brings elevates this movie above popcorn flick to me. Mm. The story might not be the best thing. It's yeah. quite simple. It's mm. not presented any differently. It's just brought up to absurd levels. Mm. So you're not thinking about the story making the movie not a popcorn movie or the editing of the filmmaking making the movie not a popcorn movie. Mm. You're thinking about what that absurdity means for the genre yeah. elevates it above a popcorn movie for me. No, I mean it, it can, but but say what what if he had a script that was a one hundred percenter? You know, it's like that's all that's all I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. say like he the, the it was masterful the way that he was able to to combine music and editing one hundred percent score yeah one hundred percent like I can't take anything away from that. But I'm saying the things that I can take scores away from. You know what happens if you were a ten in that? But it's just not. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying. I think it's like nothing's going to be perfect. I'm just taking the points away from the things that, that he didn't put And I agree. I agree in. that those points shouldn't be there for storytelling yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that I don't think, you said the movie, at that point you have to ele- like lower the movie down to a popcorn flick. Uh, somewhat, yeah. What I'm saying is that I, I disagree with that sentiment of putting what, the movie below what is, a popcorn flick. What does flick. popcorn flick mean to you? Uh, something that you shut your brain off and Th- just watch. Yes. But that's not what this movie is about. I, I don't think this, I can do that with this movie. What do you have to think about it? Because the whole time I'm thinking about the movie, I'm just thinking, it's like, why is that joke funny? Why is that joke funny? Why is that happening? Why did he choose to make this choice? Why did that make me laugh? And I think that that's what I'm saying. The comedy... It's, it's funny because it's just like everything you've seen your entire life. No, I think it's, I think it's a little bit of meta comedy. It's mm. not funny because it's like everything I've seen in my entire life. Mm. It's funny because it's exaggerating what I've seen. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. your nostalgia, you know, pumped up a few notches. It's not nostalgia. It's just like, what is he saying about the genre is what I'm thinking when I watch this movie. What is he saying about the summer blockbuster movie? What mm. is he saying about uh, the, the protagonist-driven action movie? What mm. is he saying about car chase movies? What is he saying about, um, f- like, foot chases when he makes a joke uh, while there's on the, on the while babies getting chased by John Hamm? Mm. What is he saying about revenge plots in movies? What is he saying about love interest in movies? What mm. is he saying about all of that? I think that that's what I'm thinking of in the level. Like, if I'm watching a, let's let, what's a dumb action movie? If I'm watching anything by Jason Statham, okay. I'm not going to be thinking yeah. any of that. Yes. Because there's no room for me to think that that's on a higher plane of thought. Mm. When I'm watching Baby Driver, I think, okay, he made that specific choice yeah. because it, it, it's contrasting something that's ridiculous in the genre, and mm. he's making it, he's pointing it out. Why is that... Why did that make me laugh then? Is it because I understand mm. the joke that he's making? Or is it because subconsciously I know that the genre that he's working in has sort of been reduced to the same things over and over again and he's mm. making fun of that? That's where I think the depth of this movie comes from. I don't All think right. the depth of the movies come from anything within the movie. It comes from like 
the meta cinematic language that the movie has. And mm. that's what Edgar Wright is particularly, it's why I love Edgar Wright. Because yeah. every movie that he makes, there's a sort of cinematic language that exists within the movie, and there's a sort of meta cinematic language that exists of what he's saying mm. about the genre that those movies are in, mm-hmm. and why he made the choices that he made. Yeah. So like, Popcorn Flick, no. Mm. Bland story, yes. Yeah. Weird script choices, mm. yes. But I wouldn't say that lowers a movie down to I, the I fucking flick. I can agree. Yeah. I can agree with that. I can agree. Yeah, there you go. Uh, let's see. We had a few quotes in, in there. Let's see. Um, we had one where Doc is saying, uh, one more job and we're straight. Now, I don't think I need to give you the speech about what would happen if you say no, how I could break your legs and kill everyone you love because you already know that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, it's like we, we get a lot of the things to where um, you can really identify what this movie is. And I, I think the uh, I think it's just it comes down to personal preference yeah, at that point so. of um, so like the, you, you like that um, what, what he's doing there. And for my personal taste, you mm-hmm. know, it has nothing to do with how I'm going to rate the movie because right. it's personal. You know what I do like and what I don't like. I'm, I'm more than you hit the nail on the head, more subversive. Mm-hmm. I prefer to undermine something rather than to point the mirror at it. Right, you know, and and th- I was having a conversation with someone about comedy and mm. why comedy works. Uh, mm. Her name's Jessica. She's awesome, mm. and we're having a conversation about that. And me and her have a similar sense of humor. That like Monty Python, mm. uh, they they really turn the mirror at society mm-hmm. and they exaggerate a thing, and then that's why you laugh at it because yeah. you're like, that's fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Or when Mark Maron does a bit about. Uh, you know, trying to hit on his vet. Yeah. You know, and and that social situation escalates to the point where it would never escalate in real life, mm-hmm. but it's a logical exaggeration, yeah. and you can then identify that and put it into whatever social situation you're in. Mm. Edgar Wright does that for the genre of movies he's working in, and I think it's a fascinating look at cinema. Yeah. By not maybe you're not working with the best script, you're not working with the best um, sort of um, what do you say, the best storyline or subplots. Yeah. But what you're working with you elevate that to a point where people have to think about it yeah. a little bit differently because you're making fun of the language that the thing is using. Oh, yeah. And so, like, that's why I love Edgar Wright. I don't necessarily think that Shaun of the Dead has a great plot mm. or Hot Fuzz even has a great plot. No, I love him for his editing. I, I would think that you're mm. on, on that boat as well. I'm on the boat for editing, yeah. but I'm also on the boat of Edgar Wright making fun of cinematic language that has been developed over the years. Okay. And, and that's why, I, I especially, I especially me, that's why I go watch his movies. Mm. Because if I don't understand a cinematic language for, like, let's say, zombie movies, yeah. I can watch Shaun of the Dead, and I can extrapolate all the exaggerations and go, like, oh, I see that in Day of the Dead. I see mm. that in 20 Weeks Later. I see that in World War Z. Yeah. And then uh, he, he sort of bridges the gap of understanding by exaggerating those things. And I think that's why I admire him as a filmmaker. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I can definitely see that. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Because, yeah, it's like I, I like his movies, but it wasn't because of the, the satire and the farce. Right. Like all the information that is here is like, it's basically like I, I recognize those things too. I think a lot of people recognize those things, and you just made a movie, and now I can see my thoughts right. you know, from all those different things. And, and mostly, like I said, personal preference, I like it when you take something and and make it new, you know, right. instead, you know. But anyway, it's, it's a very, very good. He's very good at what yeah. he does. Uh, there's another one that was a really nice scene. Uh, Eddie No Nose <laughs> saying that um, he's like, I said Michael Myers. And Jada's like, This is Mike Myers. And Bass is like, It should have been the Halloween mask. He's like, This is a Halloween mask. No, the killer dude from Halloween. Oh, you mean Jason? <laughs> <laughs> they told him to get the Mike Myers Halloween mask of Michael Myers. And he comes back with like the spa who shagged me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that was pretty hilarious. Um, and what else? 
Uh, Bats, Bat says, uh, this one, they, this is the one, they say to listen to the music all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And Griffith's like, I mean, is he retarded? And Doc says, retarded means slow. Was he slow? <laughs> and and uh, this is what, one of the better parts of the movie, too, because um, how the movie, how the music is um, integrated so seamlessly into the movie. Right. Um, he takes the um, retarded means slow. Is he, it, or no, to, retarded mean, meaning slow. Was he slow? He takes that and, and puts it into like a hip hop um, yeah, matchup song. Sense. Yeah. And uh, it, 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 was, it was really fun. It's um, after, after I walked out of the theater, I was like, this movie has kicked in the door for summer blockbusters and set the bar for every movie coming out this summer. Yep. It really has. And isn't that a beautiful thing when the movie that set the bar for that genre mm. is also making fun of, of that, that genre? genre? Well, not setting the bar for that genre. It's setting the bar for summer blockbusters in general. I mean, yeah, summer blockbusters tend to be They action. can be action. They tend to be actioning. Unless it's Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter. Or did, they, did those come out in summers? Yeah, some of them did. Some, like uh, Harry Potter came out in October-ish. Lord That's of the Rings, some of them came out in summer, though. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying. The what? action thing. The, the summer no, blockbuster no, 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 tend no, you're, to you're be right. like... You're, you are, you are yeah. right, you know, but I'm just saying they're not always... Yeah. I'm not saying no. Right. They, I yeah. said tend. Tend. That's the key word. Tend to be. Meaning that there is a pattern. You said that the, the second time. Physical. I don't know if you said it the first time. I'm pretty sure I said it the first time. It's recorded. We'll There's find out. The, yeah, the, the people um, listening, no, no. Just, just push back like a few seconds yeah, here. We'll find know. out. <laughs> um, the, movie, the movie as itself, as like as a movie, yeah. I think, yes, you're right. Mm. Script, eh, could have been better. Mm. Some choices were weird. Um, but I, I, I had no problem with the tone of the movie. Mm. The tone of the movie was consistent the entire way through. Yeah. The action was amazingly well shot, yes. well edited. Yes. The dialogue was fun. Yes. The characters were fun. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Baby was interesting. Mm-hmm. The waitress was interesting. Uh, I liked her. Uh, that was nothing likable about her for me. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, what did she do? I don't know. She, she did nothing. She, 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 she like, showed her. no value at all in that movie. <laughs> like, zero. Like, yeah. besides that she can kind of sing. She couldn't even really sing. I mean, they, they, she, she showed no value besides being a white, blonde girl. I can see that. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> I'm just I just liked her. Uh, John Hamm was interesting enough. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Griff was interesting, even though he was like, you know, dead yeah. or not in the movie yeah. a lot. Yeah. Uh, Darling was fun. Like, yeah. oh, the characters were fun. Yeah. I had fun with these characters. Same. I had fun with their exchanges, mm-hmm. and I had fun with their physicality. Mm-hmm. My favorite uh, visual joke of the movie <laughs> is when Griff is like chastising Baby for listening to music, oh, and wearing yeah. sunglasses. Yep. And he takes one of the sunglasses, wears them. Mm-hmm. Baby pulls out another pair of red sunglasses, puts them on. Mm-hmm. Chain keeps talking, slams the red sunglasses <laughs> of his face. And baby pulls out another pair of identical black sunglasses and puts them on. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. like those running jokes throughout the movie were some of her things. Baby always had to find sunglasses, mm-hmm. and sometimes it doesn't even explain where the sunglasses came from. No. He just suddenly has a new sunglasses. I don't care about that. Okay. I, yeah. I don't care what like new clan. I don't need to know. Like, yeah. Maybe you have a hundred of those in your pocket. I don't. You know. Whatever. Yeah, but that's the like that's a that's a visual joke. Yes. That's run through the entire I mean, that, that's, that's, how, that's, that's his thing. Yeah, like, that's visual a lot jokes, of fun. There's nobody that does visual jokes better than Edgar Wright. No, there's not. Not one there's person. Absolutely not. No. And like, like I said, it's, it sounds like I'm, I gave you all the negative that I could find mm-hmm. in this movie and I love this movie. This is the best movie that I've seen in yeah. 2017, I believe. This is the best summer blockbuster of this summer so far. Um, if I'm going to give it a 1 out of 10, it's going to be like an 8.2 because of some of the script stuff, but as far as enjoyability, I thoroughly enjoy this movie, yeah. and I would pay to see this movie again. Same, 
Same. I agree. I, I'm, I'm going to go a little higher on the score. Mm. I'm going to give it like an 8.6, 8.7. Mm. Right. Same reason. Mm. I think some of the script choices were weird. Yeah. But for me, it's elevated by the fact that I know, in, in my reality, yeah. I know that this movie is satire. I mean, it most likely is. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 and there's no, almost no doubt in my mind that it is satire yeah. as well. But I mean, yeah. No, no I, I, but I'm just saying, like, is, is, this movie as a satire yeah. elevates this movie to like almost a nine. Because it's making so much fun the, of the other gym. The fact that it's a satire got it to an 8.2 for me. Really? If it's not a satire, this mm. movie is not in the sevens for me. Okay. If, if For me, it's like, if this movie's not a satire, yeah. it goes down to a seven. That's, that's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. Like, the fact that it is a satire is, like, why it got the 8.2 for yeah. me. But for me, like, just because uh, watching that movie, I had a lot of thoughts when I come back home. It's like, well, yeah. what the fuck does the action genre mean? Like, mm. what are these tropes? Like, I had a lot of those thoughts. Yeah. And I love those thoughts. And I cannot wait for the video essays that are going to come out after this movie comes out on Blu-ray. Mm. Because a lot of that conversation is going to be that. It is. How Edgar Wright subverts the genre and makes fun of it while still being in it. Mm. And so that elevates the movie to me to like an 8.6. All right. Yeah. Movie's good. Movie's it fucking is. good. It is. Go watch it. It's At the very good. least, if you're not interested in all the cinematic bullshit that I just like fucking vomited out of my mouth, mm. um, the movie's just a fun, visual, action, comedy movie. That's, that's it. Yes. It's great. Yes. Um, definitely go see it. Definitely, yes. definitely. Edgar Wright. Mm. <laughs> A little long. A little, little long, long. yes. Little I, long. I did feel like after the first 30 minutes, mm. there were 45 minutes, I could have been 20. Yes. Like yeah. I, I, ch- I try to check my phone between acts. Yeah. I was like, all right, this is the end of act one, so can I get to act two so I can see what's happening? I'm like, all right, we're in the end of act two, so let's finish this movie. Yeah. And at that point, I'm just like, all right, come, yeah. <laughs> come get, get a movie. Yeah. I very, did feel like it was, there, were some, there were some spots where it could have been like a little bit a little faster. Bit. Yeah. But... Uh, Excuse me. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That just happened. We're going to cut it. We're going to talk about a television movie. And welcome back on television and, and movie premieres. All right. Uh, this week for television and movies, uh, the first television show is going to be Tuesday, the 4th of July. Uh, the show is called The Stand-Ups. It's a comedy on Netflix. Uh, it says, Netflix new stand-up comedy series features specials from Nate Barr something, Dion Cole, Fortune, another last name I can't pronounce, <laughs> uh, Nikki Glazer, and Beth Sterling. So, I know Sterling. none of those people. Uh, you may recognize uh, Dion Cole or Nikki Glazer. I know her name, but I know what she looks like. Uh, she's a blonde. She had a show for a while. Nice. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, the stand-ups is a comedy on Netflix, Tuesday, July the 4th. Uh, check that out if you're into comedy and stand-up. Uh, the next thing is going to be Wednesday, July the 5th, Snowfall. It's a drama on FX at 10 p.m., uh, it says, John Singleton's FX drama series chronicles the rise of crack cocaine, uh, the epidemic in Los Angeles in 1983. That's a cool name for a crack cocaine show. Snowfall. Oh, Snowfall, yeah. Um, John Singleton, why does that name sound familiar? Uh, he did uh, Boys in the Hood. Oh, okay. Um, well, yeah, all right. Yeah, so solid. <laughs> uh, yeah, John, John Singleton, um, so he's into television now, and they're going to they're gonna show the rise of crack cocaine in Los Angeles in 1983. Cool. So uh, a lot of high hopes for this television show. Uh, the next thing is going to be Saturday, July the 8th. Tour de Pharmacy. It's a comedy on HBO at 10 p.m. Uh, it says Adam Sandberg follows his 2015 sports mockumentary Seven Days in Hell with another HBO original film, this time set in the world of professional cycling. Join Sandberg in the cast are John Cena, <laughs> Maya Rudolph, Will Forte, Orlando Bloom, J.J. Abrams, Mike Tyson, and Lance Armstrong. That should be fun. That should be fun. Oh, yeah. Mockumentaries are kind of dope. Yeah, they are. Hell, yeah. Uh, let's see. The next thing is going to be Sunday, July the 9th. 
is The Defiant Ones. The Defiant Ones is a documentary on HBO at 9 p.m. Okay. Not sure what that is, actually. Uh, yeah. The Defiant Ones. They got to give me some more information. <laughs> uh, and, and last and not least. I like that, that marketing strategy. The Defiant Ones. Fuck it. Watch it or not. We don't give a shit. <laughs> You're defiant about this shit. Not going to give yeah. you more information. It's a, it's a new HBO show, so it's like you have to believe that, that, that it's something, but I'm not sure what that is. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of HBO shows that I couldn't give a shit about. You don't watch shows, though. I, I, do. I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> like, like, I have to watch all of them. What if I go sit down with somebody and they say, hey, have you seen that new television show, so-and-so, and so-and-so? And I'm like, no. And then the conversation stops. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. You know what? You know what I do when that happens? I, I leave. Yeah, no. Mm. <laughs> no. I, I think it start, might be part of ego still for me to where it's like, to, for me, it's like if I don't have information about the subject, then I would not participate in the conversation. Right. So I don't, I don't like to sit somewhere quietly. So that means I have to have as much information as possible so I can participate all the time. See, I'm perfectly fine with just asking like, no, what's that what about? And then just uh, listening for 15 minutes about what the show's about. No, you can listen to what it's about, but yeah. then that's kind of boring as well. I mean, yeah, but... You know, you don't want to hear me talk, talk about fucking television shows that I watch that you're not going to watch. I mean, it's, it's a fun <laughs> conversation sometimes. Like, mm. some of those sound interesting. I'm just not going to watch You're it. not going to watch it, though. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's a waste of time. It's a, anyway, whatever. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. All right, the, uh, the first movie that... Oh, no, no, no. There's one more television show. It's Monday, July the 10th. Funny how? Funny like a clown? Funny how? <laughs> <laughs> think I'm funny? Think I'm fucking funny? Yeah. That's the uh, the name of the show. It's Funny How. It's a talk comedy show on Viceland at 11.30 p.m. That should be. I love Viceland. Me Viceland too, is getting there for me. Yeah. Like, it's, uh, I, I've been following them since they were a YouTube channel. Same. And I yeah. loved, like, Ellen Page's stuff on mm. it, and it was great. Yeah, man. Viceland, I, I feel like they're um, the new generational channel that's uh, up and coming. Yep. Uh, it's, it's really a lot of people in their 20s and 30s that, that I see that are new shows that are on there, and the people behind the shows, I I mean, I, I like it a lot. It's kind of like this generation's, like, brand of MTV. It's a just just a little bit more politically charged, and which I think reflects like the current generation. I yeah, think. like a new age MTV. I can yeah. I can see that. Oh yeah, uh, that's it for television shows. Uh, the first movie that we have is a ghost story. <laughs> now this is something I can get behind. Spooky, scary, spooky, scary. This is something I can get behind right here <laughs> because you're you're not trying to trick me at all. No, you're you telling know exactly me what it is. This is a ghost story. <laughs> so when I go there, I expect to get a ghost story, and that's it. Like you can you can yeah. just give me all the tropes, everything is just like whatever. Told like, me in the this title. Is. This is a ghost it's story. It's like a goddamn ghost story. It's a rated R, 87 minute runtime, right in my wheelhouse. It's a drama fantasy romance, 89 meta score. Real quick, because yeah. I said that meta score thing. Fuck Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're done. You want to done. They're done. Wanna, nope. No, no, okay, no. You're gonna, They're right. done. Rotten Tomatoes, you're done. You're done. What? You're why, done. Why are they done? All right. Because we had a little rant earlier, like a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and we we're talking about um, how I felt like they, and, and it's a bit of a conspiracy bullshit, so I don't like to go into things that I don't have actual facts like, and At proof. least you're not making the frogs gay. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, have you not this, seen Alex Jones? What is Alex Jones? Alex Jones. He's a political commentator that's mm. in, the, in the, like, the ultra-right conservative mm. movement. And he, he, he has a podcast and a show, and mm. he gets really angry on the microphones. Yeah. And one of the things that he gets angry about is just saying, like, we got all this water that's making the fucking frogs gay. And he what? just, like, screamed that out on a microphone one day. What? And I love making fun of him. 
I will send you a couple of videos from Alex Jones so you can see what the fuck this man is on about. The water is making the frogs gay? The water gay? is making the frogs gay. He's a conspiracy <laughs> theorist. He thinks Sandy Hooks was a hoax. He oh, thinks, no. uh, probably thinks 9-11 was a fucking, uh, con- like, inside job. Which, whatever, you know. But he's one of those people that is like, so he probably thinks someone's a reptilian. I mean, this is the thing. This is the thing. Like, I believe I I, um, side with a lot of conspiracies, but I don't publicly acknowledge acknowledge any of that because I have no proof. So it's like, I might believe that 9-11 might have been an inside job. I might believe a lot of, like, things that I can't prove. Mm -hmm. But if you ask me, is this true? I'm going to say, no, you're full of shit. Where's your (laughs) proof? Show me the proof. Well, this is the kind of guy that says he has proof. Mm. And and he just goes on a show and he just rambles about snowflakes and the gay agenda and how like they're putting stuff in the water that makes the fucking frogs gay. Like yeah, that sounds yeah. that sounds great. That sounds fun. It's and, it and, is the most it, sad way to laugh. Like <laughs> if you can just make frogs gay with water. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> wow. But hold on, but but, but rotten tomatoes. But rotten fucking tomatoes. rotten tomatoes. Yeah. All right. So we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago because I'm like I was feeling like they were kind of in cahoots with uh, some of these uh, production companies mm-hmm. because what you're putting out a movie like a um, like a Wonder Woman and then you're saying or, or Logan you're saying this is a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes one of the best ratings you're ever gonna see from a superhero right. movie ever then the movie comes out and then slowly we go from a hundred percent to ninety eight percent ninety seven ninety five sometimes it you goes know? as far as I'm gonna go back to like a seventy. That's that's yeah. tough. I, I yeah. haven't seen that, but it's just like, but yeah, it it does go down. And like you said, like you pointed out the first time I brought this up. I mean, all the critics haven't seen the movie at the at the time, so maybe a hundred critics seen it and gave it a hundred, and then a thousand critics seen it within a week, and then it went down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But there should be no reason for that there to be that big of a disparity. If there, you have, there shouldn't. I agree. If you have the people that are working there that are getting the early reviews, that's my issue. The people that are early reviewing these movies and giving them ninety-five and higher, only to bring them down a notch. I've, this is like the fourth or fifth movie I've seen from Rotten Tomatoes that has told me that the, the movie is ninety-five or above. And this is a and recent I disagree. occurrence too. Yes, like within, that hasn't been happening for like a year. No, within like, like four months, six yeah. months or so. Because we saw it with a Get Out was the first one. That get I Out, Get Out. There we go. Yeah. Perfect example. One. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and it's a movie b- made by a black director black writer I'm a black guy I want to support everything that he does yeah. but 100% man <laughs> 100% you know and, and to the point where like when Get Out came out mm-hmm. I uh, I was surprised that I got 100% and now I'm not surprised anymore yes. when a movie gets 100% yeah. which is how often it's been happening since Get Out, yeah. out. Yeah. so I think there's some truth to it yeah. uh, what I think is happening is that the critics gave this movie like outlandish scores mm-hmm. And then user reviews start coming in mm-hmm. and like actual critic reviews start coming in that yeah. are not affiliated with Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's creating the score disparity. I mean, there's two different scores though. Like they have the user score and the critic score. So it's not like one score blends mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. the, the they have, they have Because the, uh, the certified freshness can only be from actual critics. Okay. So wh- when you see 80% on a, on a movie... Mm-hmm. Is that just like critic score? The critic score, the tomato score. You have to go to Rotten Tomatoes and click, and then it'll say the critic score, and then right beside it in blue, it'll say the uh, user score. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I'm guessing like critics just like see the movie, like actual critics, and then they rate it what they actually think it's rated, and that brings down the score. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, but it, it seems like if it, it's the people that's working directly at Rotten Tomatoes because you're seeing you're seeing the movie before everyone else. Yeah, like they a, get the reviews like two weeks beforehand. Like two weeks beforehand, So and, and it's the same group of people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same group there that are seeing these movies a couple of weeks ahead of time and rating them so freaking astronomically high. that And it's undeserving. No. I mean, like I said, Get Out is undeserving. I love the movie. It's undeserving. Yeah. Wonder Woman is undeserving. Fucking uh, Logan, undeserving. This movie... A baby driver, undeserving. No, and all of these movies are very good. Yeah. Very good. Like, I will watch any of those movies I just named again. Yeah. Straight up would. But they're, none of those movies I named are movies in 30 years from now, I'm going to say are 98 on overall. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, none of those are 98% perfect. They're not even 95% perfect. Like, I mean, at the best, at best, those m- movies are 90%, 91%, 92% at best. It's it's just it's just getting ridiculous to me. That this I, is I, part of the conversation of why I hate uh, critics and reviews mm. um, because I feel like critics. Um, first of all, critics don't know what the fuck they're talking about. All How many time. of those critics do you think actually went to feel like? Uh, all right, it's, it's we're no. kind of sucking a little dick here now. Yeah, yeah. But how many of those critics do you think actually have like a video production degree or editing degree or, like, or a screenwriting degree? I don't or, think of very many. You know, yeah, and, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you you may be, and I hate to sound this douchey because yeah. this is it sounds very high and mighty and douchey, but it's just that's what we literally went to school for, yeah. like to study. We that, that was the, we studied it. You know, it's like we and not un- only we study it in school, like it, it consumes a large part of, of our, our lives. Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, just 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 say that. Say you take those years away from from school. It's like I was consumed with uh, with storytelling in movies before school. Mm-hmm. But being in school is just like and having teachers that have been working so closely that now I can recognize things quicker, or yeah. I can recognize things that I wouldn't have noticed before. Yeah. You know, it just brought so many different things into it. So. It's, it's just weird to me. Like, it seems like a lot of these critics don't know what to look for. Yes. Is what I'm trying and to this say. And is, this is my problem with mainstream movie reviews in places like the AV Club, mm. places like even like, like CLT.org mm. or, um, or Culture. Sorry, mm. that's the name of the website, Creative Loafing, all those things. Yeah. These people have very valid points. Yeah. But it's just like they're not, the movie reviews are focused only with like two parts of the movie. Yeah. They're like, is the story good? And that I care yeah. about the story. Yeah. It's just like, you could have not cared about the story. Don't matter if you care about the but story. you could have recognized that the elements of the story are quite good. Yes. Um, like, uh, I can't think of a movie that I think the script is good, but the, the thing is garbage. Um, like, uh-huh. oh, Arrival. Uh-huh. I think the script for Arrival mm. is not great. Ooh. But I think the movie is mm. amazing. Okay. I, don't, I think that someone in the translation of script from movie, mm. that movie did very well. All right. But the script, if you read it, it's not a great script. It's not particularly interesting. It's pretty bland. You mean the script without the movie or the way that the screenplay was just like actually shown on the screen? Like I, I, like if I had to read the script, because yeah. a lot of the time the script isn't what we see. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I've read the script and I've watched the movie. Mm. And I think that some of, the, some of the things did translate, some of the things didn't translate. Yeah. But like there's nothing, there's nothing very impressive in that story apart from good conversation and good dialogue. But... Mm. Uh, I don't think that, uh, like, I don't think that translates. Uh, What am I saying? Let me get my thoughts. Uh, I think that Arrival is one of those movies where, like, a particular element of it Mm. doesn't look good by itself, but the movie as a whole is great. And if you can't identify the pieces of a movie that make it, that compose the whole thing, Mm. if you can't break that down, I don't think you should have any business critiquing movies. That's what I'm saying. I agree with that. Because, like, you like... 
Baby Driver in, yeah. in itself. I recognize the script isn't good, mm. but if I was just judging it by the script, it yeah. would not be a good movie. It would not. It would be a four or something. Yeah. 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 But if I'm recognizing it by okay, this is put together. Yep. The script translates to this. Yep. The script translates to this other thing. I can mm -hmm. recognize this movie is actually quite good, yes. despite the fact that the script isn't. Yeah. Uh, and I think like a lot of movie critics don't have the capacity to do that, mm -hmm. which is why I hate movie reviews. It's mm -hmm. why I hate reading movie reviews, and that's why I will always fucking fight. For better movie reviews. I, mean, I don't like movie reviews as they are. And every time I write a movie review, I made a conscious choice mm. to give you what you need yeah. from the movie review. Mm. This movie's good because of this, 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 this. It's bad because of this. Mm. And then I go on another seven paragraphs and I go like, if you're interested in more information, this is why those things are, why I said those things. Mm. And I break them down. Because I think that movie reviews are lacking that. And I think that people don't want to read movie reviews because they're just, they just won't get it. They just don't get the... I um, I said I, I I stopped reading movie reviews maybe five years ago six years ago and I had only been doing scores a yeah. Rotten Tomato score and I didn't really get what your anger was about the critic reviews because I wasn't reading them right you know but but it, it took a, it took a while but but now seeing those those even the scores have started to upset me yeah. to that to that point and um what what, what did I want to get to with the um there was a bit about the Rotten Tomatoes whatever okay cool yeah. All right, let's get back to the run, <laughs> to the script. Whatever. <laughs> but I, I totally agree. I think movie critics are yeah. not doing their job. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, so the first movie is A Ghost Story. <laughs> a Ghost Story. It's a rated R, 87-minute runtime, listed as a drama fantasy romance, 89 meta score. And this singular exploration of legacy, love, loss, and the enormity of existence, a recently deceased white-sheeted ghost returns to his suburban home to try to reconnect with his bereft wife. This, someone has to be taking the piss out of this. Oh, hardcore. Yeah. Hardcore. <laughs> wow. I might be into that. A recently, a recently white deceased, ghost. a white-sheeted ghost returns to his suburban home. Yes. It stars <laughs> Casey Affleck. Oh, yes. Yes. I will, oh, yes. I will be in that. I will be watching that movie. Oh, yeah. That sounds fun. The, uh, the last thing that we have coming up is Spider-Man Homecoming. Homecoming. It's uh, listed as PG-13, an hour and 33 minutes. <laughs> uh, it's an action-adventure sci-fi movie. Uh, rundown is following the events of Captain America's Civil War. Peter Parker attempts to balance his life in high school with his career as a web-slinging superhero Spider-Man, a leader Ration much. Uh, director John Watts, and it stars Tom Holland, Michael Keaton, Robert Downey Jr., and Marissa Tomei. Quick question. You said 133 minutes, and they were like, yee. Yeah. Is that because it's long? I mean, it's a little, it's longer than 90 minutes. It's by three minutes. It's longer than 90 minutes. Nine, do math, Brian. 60, 30 minutes is half an hour. Nope, do the math. Hold on. You said an hour and 30 minutes. No, I said one, one hour and 33 minutes. Oh, no, one no, 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 I didn't say one hour. I said 133 you minutes. You said one hour. Maybe I did. That, that was the thing. It's yeah. 133 minutes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I want to rewind that after the podcast. Did yeah. I say really say? I thought I said. You said one hour and thirty-three minutes. The first time that I said the it, I didn't say one hundred and thirty-three minute runtime. Nope, said one hundred percent sure. Yeah, I'm pretty certain. That like ninety percent sure. Mm. Yeah, I'm like ninety percent sure. And I'm ninety percent sure that I said one hundred and thirty-three minutes. Well, I guess we're just gonna have to fucking go back. <laughs> no, and we, listen we won't. To the goddamn recording. But it does add the suspense for the listener <laughs> because they, they get to know. <laughs> what the Next week when we come back, it's like fuck. Yeah, like somebody's gonna come up to us like six months from now, and they will be like, "Yeah, you know, you did say one hundred thirty. I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> what? You I know. love those texts. <laughs> yes. I love them. <laughs> but um, but yeah, Spider-Man: Homecoming. 
Cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for Spider-Man and Coming. Yeah. I think that and Baby Driver are going to be the two movies that like set the line for the quality. I, b- I believe that to be true. I mm. hope it's Atomic Blonde, but I believe well, that I, to be true. Here's what I think. I think those movies are going to set the standard, and mm. I think Atomic Blonde is going to jump to that standard a little higher. I hope so. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. So am I. So am I. I'm fucking Atomic Blonde. Uh, is that it? I think that's it. I mean, we're awesome, so. Cool. Oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> uh, so you can find our awesomeness on Twitter or underscore mm. FFS Podcast on Facebook at the FFS Podcast. Yes. We are in Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Podcast App, and Google Play Music, other than name for film's sake. And you can find my personal Twitter at mm. Brian Archilla. And Chris? Uh, mine is T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z, the Vons. Hey. Hey. And uh, that's it. Thank you guys for watching. And we'll be back next week. Cheers. Cheers.